Good morning, Lakeview Church, and welcome to Church at the Y. Uh, it is so good to see each and every one of you. I love the fact that we have an amen corner up there, so up there we need you to amen real loud, and uh, just so glad that each and every one of you are here. I've been looking forward to this day for quite a while. Uh, we've been planning this for the last few months and putting this together and just so excited that the YMCA, Grant County YMCA, and their new director, Charlie Myers, opened this space to us and invited us to come as a church and use this space free of charge. So we should say thank you to the Grant County YMCA. Just so grateful for their hospitality and welcoming us here, and we're so glad that you're here. Uh, if you have been at Lakeview Church for a long time, welcome and thank you for relocating uh, to here this morning for church. And if this is your very first time with us, just want to say a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you are here. I know that Pastor Jared was talking about the fact that uh, this is a gym and we're not going to do workouts and but I got to just say, sometimes when you're up front and you're worshiping the Lord, sometimes things catch your attention and it just kind of makes you laugh a little bit. And I love the kid who was going across here, I'm assuming maybe to go to the restroom, and he's like practicing his deeks. Like as he's going, it's like, yep, that, it is a gym and it kind of makes you want to do that. So um, just so glad that you're here. Uh, I want to take just a moment. Uh, you, you might know this. You might not know this, but we have a group of people who are joining us online. In fact, I got a text from my sister who's in New York, and she said, I'm watching live right now. So little sis, we're so glad you're watching. We know that there's a whole other group of people who are joining us online. Wherever you're at today, we just want to take a moment. I just want to look right at the camera and say thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out of your weekend to gather with us in worship. Even though you're not in this room, you are still gathering with us, and we just want to say welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been walking through a message series that really is a message series built around what we call the discipleship pathway. And this pathway basically is kind of our best attempt to take uh, what we believe God wants for every single person and put that into a very simple a couple of phrases that allow us to just understand what God wants to do in our lives. And so the way we say it here at Lakeview Church is we say that every single person is called to follow Jesus, live generously, and make a difference. And we believe that those three phrases, to follow Jesus, to live generously, and to make a difference, is in fact what every single person was created to do. It's what you were put here on the planet to do. And we believe that when you do those three things, when you follow Jesus, when you live generously, and when you make a difference, you are living the very best possible life that you could live. There is no better life. There, there, you can add lots of things to your life, but if, if you're not doing those three things, you are, you're lacking something because the very best possible life that God has for you is a life where you follow Jesus, live generously, and make a difference. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this. We started two weeks ago by talking about the fact that we are all called to follow Jesus. 
And we said that in essence, what needs to happen in our lives is that we reorient our lives around the person and work of Jesus Christ. And we fix our eyes on him as the scriptures tell us to do. And we follow him. We we walk with him. And as we do, we experience forgiveness. And we talked about the fact that, that when we begin to follow Jesus, he forgives our sins. He makes us brand new creations. We talked about the fact that as we walk in relationship with Jesus, not only do we experience forgiveness, but we find freedom. That those things which seek to hold us back from becoming the person that God wants us to be, we actually find freedom from those things. And then we begin to build our lives on a solid foundation, the solid foundation of his teachings and his truth. And so that was week one in the series. Last week, we talked about the fact that we're called to live generously. And we said that that if you follow Jesus for any length of time, you will become more generous. It will happen. And the reason is because Jesus is generous. I mean, think about the fact that God so loved the world, he gave his only son, and that Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to come to this earth and give his life for us. He didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and to give himself as a ransom for all of humanity. Jesus was generous. So if we follow him, we become generous. In fact, what happens is our lives begin to open up into generosity. And we begin to, we begin to serve others. We begin to help others. We begin to give to others. And this is the best possible way to live. So we talked about the fact that when we follow Jesus, we move from consumers to stewards. We don't just try to consume things in our lives, but we begin to manage what God has given us for his purposes and and to help others. Then we talked about we move from being served, right? We don't put ourselves at the center. We put others at the center, and we serve, and we, we, we love, and we help wherever we can. That's what we're called to do, to live generously. And then we said that as we follow Jesus, we don't just kind of uh, live as containers where we try to hoard all of the blessings that God gives to us, but we become a conduit, a channel, so God's blessing can flow out of us to other people. We follow Jesus, we live generously, and then today I want to talk to you about making a difference. And here's the big idea for today, I'm going to give you the point of this message And the point of this message is that you were created by God for a purpose. And when you discover that purpose, you can live out your calling in this world. And when that happens, you are honoring the God who created you. You were created by God for a purpose. And the whole point of your life is to find that purpose and fulfill it. And when you do... You honor the God who created you. So to help us kind of unpack that truth today, I want to talk to you about these three gifts. Now, I got to tell you, I went and got these gifts. Some, someone has asked me, did you wrap them? No, no. I paid somebody to wrap them. But I brought them home after I picked them up from the lady who wrapped them for me. And I put them in my, the desk in our front room. And my wife came home, and she thought I was being romantic. And I had to break her heart and say, I'm sorry, these gifts are not for you. I want to talk to you about these three gifts. These are three gifts that God has given to every person. 
Three gifts available to every single person on this planet. Every single person in this room, God has given you these three gifts. And in order for you to make the difference you were created to make, you have to receive these gifts. You have to unwrap them and you have to use them the way God intends for them to be used. So I want to talk to you about those three gifts. And I want to start with the first one. And the first gift is your design. Your design. What we know is that you were created by God with intention for a purpose. I want to say that again. You were created by God with intention for a purpose. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us that we are created by God and that we are his masterpiece, his work of art, as if he is the artist who formed and fashioned our lives just the way they are, and he puts us on display so that when people look at our lives, they don't see us, but they see his handiwork and his artistry, and, and, and they see how wonderful he is by the way that we live our lives. Now, this is important for us to understand today because some of you in this room, uh, you don't think of yourself as being created by God with intention for a purpose. You don't think of yourself as a masterpiece. And so I just, right off the bat, I just wanted to, to just share this truth with you. God created you. And you are not an accident. God planned for your life. He wanted you to be exactly the person that he created you to be. He thought about you and then he formed you and he fashioned you and he put you together. You were created by God and you are his masterpiece. Some of you need to hear that today because you don't feel worthy. You don't feel as if you were created by the God of the universe and that he thought about you when he was creating you. Some of you need to hear it today because when you think back to your birth story, you think to yourself, but I was unplanned. Some of you might even think I was unwanted. And I just want you to know today that regardless of the circumstances around your life, about, around how you were born, I just want you to know today, God created you. Of course, your mom and dad, they played a role. But God is your creator. And you are his masterpiece. And what I love about this truth is it's not that God just created like a bunch of masterpieces. It wasn't like just like this mass production, you know, rolling off the press. And it's like, here's another one, here's another one. And then God's got all these masterpieces and he thought to himself, what can I do with all these people? No, that's not what Ephesians 2.10 says. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's masterpiece. And that we've been created new in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. And here's the important phrase, which God planned for us long ago. 
What does this mean? This means that God did not create you and then think, I wonder what I'll do with this one. God thought about what he wanted accomplished in the world. Good works, things that would make this world better and different, things that would make this world closer resemble everything that he intends. God thought about those good works, the things that you would do in your life for good and for God. And then as he thought about those good works with those in his mind, he created you. And when he created you, the psalmist in Psalm 139 says that he knit you together in your mother's womb. Yeah, there's a whole lot of science that goes into that, and we can talk about all that some other time because this is a family service. <laughs> but the bottom line is what you really need to know is that in the middle of all of that science, the God of the universe knit you together in the earliest moments after conception to design you just the way he wants you to be. You are his masterpiece, created by him with intention, and you were created to do good works. You were created to do good works. God has things he wants accomplished in the world. He wants the world to be redeemed. He wants the world to be transformed. He wants everything that's broken and wrong in this world to be set right. And he created you to participate in that mission of making things to be exactly the way that he wants them to be. That's what you were created for. And every single person, every single person has been designed by God for that. And if you want to live your life to the fullest, you have to discover your design, the way God put you together, because your design speaks to your destiny. The way God formed you helps you understand your calling. And you need to understand that God gave you your personality, your passions, your gifts, your talents, your abilities. He put them all inside of you, and it's your job to unwrap that gift, the gift of who you are. Right? We don't, we don't like to think of ourselves, or, or maybe we do, as God's gift to the world. But as it turns out, that's exactly how God thought about you. Created you and hardwired you so that you could be a gift to the world that would help the world become everything that God wants it to be. So you gotta unwrap your design. Now here's the thing. Um, it's not like God created us as a masterpiece and then said, good luck. Right? Because if you're anything like me, I start thinking to myself, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be a part of changing the world? I'm supposed to be a part of making a difference on this planet? I'm supposed to help the world become what God intends for it to be? How is that possible? Don't you know my past? Doesn't that disqualify me from being a part of God's mission to change the world? Don't you know that I'm not that smart? 
I mean, some of you do. You've already figured it out. You've even told me you're not that smart. I get it. That was not a good place for an amen. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not gifted enough to do that. Even if God did create me, even if I unwrap that gift to then think about using everything that God's given me to somehow make a difference in the world, well, I've got a past, and, and doesn't that disqualify me? I'm not that smart. I'm not that skilled. And, and when it comes to confronting the challenges of this world, I'm not powerful enough to do that. How in the world could I make a difference just based on my design? And here's the bottom line. You can't. Everything that I said about this gift is 100% true, but this gift alone is not enough to help you make a difference in this world. You have to have the help of God in order to unlock your design and make the difference that God has created you to make, which is exactly why we need to talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know sometimes in church we, we talk about the Holy Spirit and, and, and sometimes it gets weird and there's a spirit, what are we talking about right now? What kind, of, what kind of group have we gotten ourselves into? But here's the reality. God is known in three different persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And here's the reality today. Here's the reality God does not create us and then say, good luck. God creates us and says, I will dwell in you through the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit dwells in our lives, things happen. You see, we begin to change. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul's writing, the guy who wrote this passage, he's writing to a group of Christians in a city called Ephesus, and he's writing to these people, and he says, you used to be disobedient and sinful. In other words, you had a past, a past that might disqualify you. In fact, he goes so far as to say, you followed the devil. I mean, these are strong words. He goes on to say that because of that, you are, you are dead in your sins and in your transgressions. But then he gets to verse 10, and he's talking about their design. What happened in their lives? Well, if you go back to Ephesians chapter 1, and you read that all the way to the verses we read in chapter 2, what you find is that Paul says, when you believed in Jesus, God gave you the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, now the God of the universe didn't just create you. The God of the universe is dwelling in you. I know it sounds crazy and weird. And how is this possible? I can't explain all of that to you. I can only tell you that I have found it to be true. And that when the Holy Spirit lives in your life, he changes you. The things that you've done in your past, the ways you were disobedient, the ways that you were sinful, well, he forgives you of those. He takes a person who's dead in sin and he makes them alive in Jesus. He takes a person who's lost in darkness and he illuminates their way with the light of God's truth. 
He takes a person who is not capable of living for good and for God, and he makes them a brand new person. And when we think about the fact that we're not smart enough or skilled enough or capable enough, we have in the Holy Spirit a helper. That's the way scripture talks about him, a helper. Someone who comes alongside of us, who guides us and directs us. In fact, one place Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit says that the Holy Spirit will be your teacher. He's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to tell you what you need to know. And then before Jesus left to go back to heaven, he says to his followers, listen, guys, wait in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit, because when the Holy Spirit comes, you will have power. Power to do what? To be my witnesses to change the world. You need the gift of your design, the way God created you. Because the way he created you says something about your destiny and your calling. But you can't unlock that gift without the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit at work in your life. And you may have already figured this out, but you can't have this gift without this one. You see, the reality is, is that every single person needs the gift of salvation. Because without the gift of salvation, you cannot have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of your life. And even though God created you and you are his masterpiece, you will never experience the fullness of this reality without these other two gifts. And some of you today need to experience salvation. Because these other two gifts, you want them. They sound wonderful. That God would dwell in your life and help you become everything that you were intended to be when he created you. But you can't have those two gifts without first accepting this one and unwrapping it. Now we see this word salvation and some of us are like, what does this word even mean? Well, it's it's a biblical word that literally means to be rescued to be rescued. And some of you are saying, well, what do I need to be rescued from? Well, we all need to be rescued from our sin. And some of you, maybe maybe this is your first time coming to a church service, and you're like, here we go. We're going to talk about all the wrong things in my life, or at least what this guy thinks is wrong in my life, and, and tell me what I need to fix. And, and if that's you, I want to just encourage you, just take a deep breath, and then just let it out. And just relax. Because while I do think that there are behaviors and actions in our lives which by nature are sinful and they take us away from what God wants for us, I want to talk about the bigger idea of sin today. Because I think it's the bigger idea of sin that we need to be saved from. It's the bigger idea of sin that we need to be rescued from. And let me explain what I mean. If, if I were to just start making a list of wrong things that we human beings do, first of all, we would be here until like the end of the week. Because there are lots of wrong things that we do in our life, lots of things that take us away from what God wants for us. So I'm not interested in taking up our whole week making a big long list like that. 
Secondly, even if we could identify the one wrong thing in your life that you need to get better at, you need to fix, you need to get over in order to become the person God wants you to be, two things might be true. One, you might be able to discipline yourself enough to break free from that behavior. But if you don't understand the bigger picture of sin, then you still won't be saved. You might behave better, but you still won't be saved. And the other reason that it's not helpful to just make those lists is because at the end of the day, we can't behave good enough to get that gift. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that. It says, when you experience salvation, don't ever think this is because of your own good works. Well, that's silly because you couldn't save yourself. This gift is a gift of grace that comes by faith. So let me get back to this bigger picture of sin. You see, sometimes we think about sin as particular actions or behaviors. But I actually think sin, in the bigger scheme of things, is a life that is off target from what God intends for us. It's a soul, an inner part of our lives that has not been reoriented around the person of Jesus Christ. And so again, we can do all kinds of good things in our life to make our behavior better. We can pay our taxes and smile at our neighbors and be kind when we're in the grocery store. We can even serve those around us and maybe even give offerings every once in a while to meet a need or make a difference. We can do all of those things, but at the core of our being, if our soul is not reoriented completely around the person of Jesus Christ, if, if our lives are not given over to Jesus, then we have not been saved. We've just worked on getting better at behaviors. And in case you're wondering, I'm not just talking to you today. Because the reality is, is that the scriptures tell us all have sinned. Every single one of us. There's nobody who escapes this. We are all born living life off target. We are all born missing the mark. And we all need grace in our lives. It's kind of interesting when you study the scriptures, the word sin is used in the scriptures, and it's actually a word that means to miss the mark. Now, Alan Schrantz, I see you looking at the ceiling there. You're a marksman, am I right? Yeah. There are people who actually can pull back a bow with an arrow and hit the bullseye. Now, I said to the team, wouldn't it be cool if I could have a bow in this service right now and just be able to pull back the bow and shoot the target, but we thought that that would be pretty dangerous because I am almost sure that I would miss the mark. That's exactly the way this word is pictured in scripture. God pulls back the arrow of our lives and he lets us go. And he's got a bullseye that he is aiming for. 
a bullseye that reflects our design and the work of the Spirit in us. But here's what happens in our lives. As we are born, we live life not aiming towards the bullseye that God has set. We get off target and we miss the mark. So what is salvation? Salvation is realizing that we're off target. Salvation is simply saying, God, I'm not living the life that you created me to live, and I need to be saved and rescued from that. I want to reorient my life around Jesus Christ. And when that happens, God graciously forgives all of the days, whether it's been a few days or an entire lifetime. God forgives all of the time we've spent off target. And he picks us up and puts us right back on the path that he has for us. Except now, Jesus is leading us. That's why we follow him. And the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, taking us where God wants us to go. Which is why we think you ought to follow Jesus so that you can be saved. And we think that as you follow him and let the Holy Spirit live in your life, you will begin to live generously because you're going to become more and more like Jesus. And as you do that, your design is going to be unlocked and you're going to make your contribution to the world. You're going to do something for good and for God that helps the world become what God wants it to be. And so today, my challenge to you here at Church at the Y is that you would unwrap these three gifts. Some of you have been walking with Jesus already, but you didn't know that the Holy Spirit had been placed inside of your life, and so you've not been giving yourself over to his leadership. You've not been letting him change you and guide you and empower you. And if that's you, if you're already walking with Jesus, but you don't, you haven't yielded to the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to do that. You cannot live this life without the Holy Spirit. You need to open your life and let him change you, guide you, and empower you. And some of you have been walking with Jesus and maybe trying to yield to the Holy Spirit, but you didn't know that you were created for a purpose. You thought you were just created to kind of live here until you get to go live with Jesus. But between the time that you accepted Jesus and the time that you go to be with him, you're called to make a difference. That's why God created you. But some of you are here today, and maybe this is your first time in church, maybe it's your first time in church in a long time, or maybe you've been hanging out with us for a while, and you're at a place where you need to accept Jesus. You need to be saved and rescued. You need God to do what you cannot do for yourself. You need God to bring you back on track with the target that he aimed your life. And if that's you today, I want to encourage you to accept the free gift of salvation. See, Paul, when he wrote the book of Romans, a letter to a group of Christians in Rome, he says to them that all have sinned and all fall short of God's glory. All of us fall short of what God intends for our lives. 
You and me both. And he continues to write and he says, and, and the bad news about that is that the wages of sin, of living life off target, is death. In other words, if you just let that life play out off target, you are not going to experience life the way God intended. In fact, you're going to experience death. It's not going to be what God wants for you. But then Paul writes, but the gift of God is eternal life. In other words, you, through the free gift of God, can come back on track. And all you have to do today is just reorient your life to Jesus. So here's what I want us to do, because I don't want anybody to be embarrassed or, or called out. I want everybody just for a moment, just to close your eyes, bow your heads. I don't want anybody looking around. And I just want you to do that out of respect for everybody sitting around you. If you are here today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you have never received the free gift of salvation which God has made available to you, and you would like to do that today, you'd like to reorient your life around the person of Jesus Christ, all I'm asking you to do today, right from where you're at, is just to raise your hand. And again, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to raise your hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? Just raise it up high just for a moment if that's you. You say, I want to I follow Jesus. Yeah, I see those hands. Anybody else? Just raise it up high. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Now, for those of you who raised your hands right where you're at, I'm going to just say a prayer, and I want you just to say that prayer. And if you feel comfortable, you can say it out loud, but you can just kind of repeat these words in your heart as I pray. And even if you didn't raise your hand, but you really want to accept this free gift, I just want you to pray with me now. God, we are here in this place. And you have made it clear to us that there is a free gift of salvation. And today, God, I'm asking you to take my life and bring it back on target with everything that you want me to be. Forgive me of my sins. Help me follow Jesus and empower me by your spirit to become everything that you want me to be. If you prayed that prayer, you just need to know that God right now is welcoming you into his family. You are now a child of God. Jesus told us that whoever believes in him will be given the right to be called a child of God. Your past has been wiped away. You have a brand new start in him. And you've experienced the gift of salvation. God, before we close this service, I just want to pray for everybody in this room. Lord, every single one of us has been created by you to make a difference. Lord, help us to unwrap these gifts so that we can live exactly the life that you have called us to live, the life that you created us for.
and let our lives give you glory and give you honor. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in just a moment, Jared, Pastor Jared's going to come. He's going to give just some closing announcements and instructions for the rest of our time together today. But before we do that, if you raised your hand or prayed that prayer, I want to follow up with you personally. I want to kind of help you get started in this journey. And what I want to encourage you to do is uh, just text the word FOLLOW to 7652225937. And that's going to let me know who you are. And I'll be in touch with you this next week because I want to help you start this journey well so that you can live the life of faith that God has called you to live. Pastor Jared, come and give us some instructions.